you're launching, don't launch with every little thing that you need, but launch appropriately sized and expand into what you need. Any church, you don't need a lot of money to launch and you don't need a lot of money to be successful. Um, whatever God has given you, the resources you have, you can make that experience the very best it can be by the leaders that are in the room because you can have the most beautiful space and everything, but if you don't have the right leaders or not engaged leaders, that's where it's going to mess. The, the greatest tool that you have to bring people onto your team to get them in the right role within your team is to inspire them with your mission. Um, if you have a, a clear direction, a clear mission um, that you're working toward, people want to follow that and people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and in today's episode, I was able to chat with two members of the Life Church Kids team, and we put so much amazing nuggets of wisdom into this conversation. You are going to love it. We talk about church planting, casting vision as you are building teams, and how to plan with your mission at the center. But before we jump into the conversation, I have a quick announcement. One of the ways we try to equip and encourage kids ministry leaders is through the many free resources we have over at Kids Ministry Circle. One of my favorite resources is our event debrief plan. It is a step-by-step guide that will help you answer the question, our event is over, now what? It is the perfect addition to your spring training and Easter community events. You can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash resources to learn more. Now on to our conversation with Delaney and Justin. Well, Justin and Delaney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hello. Lauren. We, we are so excited that you guys are here, but why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about you, where you serve, how long you've been on, on staff. So Delaney, why don't you go first? Yeah, my name is Delaney Maddox, and I get to be the Life Kids Pastor at Life Church in Colorado Springs. I have been here for three years and got to launch this location of Life Church as the 35th location and um, started serving at Life Church in our Life Kids ministry and fell in love with the mission. So that's how I got involved with uh, being on staff here at Life Church. That's awesome. Yeah, my name, yeah it's, uh, my name is Justin Edge. I'm our central ministry leader of Life Kids, which is a, a unique title, but all it basically means is I oversee uh, all of our Life Kids at our locations, providing that vision and direction. Been on the team for 16 years now. Um, the first five, I was in a role similar to Delaney. I was an associate Life Kids pastor, Life Kids pastor. In the past 11 years, I've been in the role that I'm in right now, and I love what I get to do each and every day. That's awesome. Thanks, you guys. So, Justin, you've been on staff for 16 years with Life Church, and I'm sure you've experienced so much growth over the past couple of years. Hard things, good things, things we're celebrating. So I would love to know, as you're coming in on year 16 and 17, what has been the most fun thing about watching Life Church grow and morph and change into what it is today? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> think about that for a second. No, I I think what I love the most honestly is the consistency. Uh the consistency in the vision uh and the mission. Um no matter from I think I started around campus 7 uh to now, it is just so cool to see how um our leadership has been intact, has had its integrity, uh mm. but the thing inside of that it's had very clear vision on where we're going and our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Uh, and in life kids, that vision is not too far off. It's to lead kids to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so I, I've loved seeing um, the life change that's happened uh, over uh, time after time. And from the first family that I've seen walk in the doors when I first started and that excitement and still being a part of the church and seeing the excitement from like Delaney talked about uh, mm-hmm. when Colorado Springs, I was a part of working with her on that launch and and just seeing her see the same excitement that I saw that long ago uh, and that consistency and vision and direction uh, and keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that's pointing people to Jesus. So yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride, a fun ride, and it's one thing we talk about at Life Church is like if you've been a part of the team for uh, one year or sixteen years, it feels like it just happened in one second. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also felt like we've been here forever. You know, it's like man, I feel like I've always been a part of Life Church, but at the same time, it's, it's blown by so quick. So I love it. Looking yeah. forward to the conversation we're going to have today. It's going to be really good. And Lauren, I want to say thank you for inviting both of us a part of today's conversation. No problem. I'm so excited. And I always love to hear stories of faithful leaders who just continue to put one foot in front of the other and follow where God is leading. And so I love hearing about your experience, um, both three years in and 16 years in. And I just love it. Those stories always give me so much hope for what's to come. And as new leaders are stepping into roles, um, I think hearing stories of faithful faithful leaders is really encouraging. And so uh, my first question for you guys is about the launching process. So a lot of our listeners are in smaller churches, church plants, um, environments where they're set up and tear down and they're building volunteer teams for the first time. And so I would love to know how you guys plant a church. Obviously you have this incredible central staff that is there to encourage and equip you as planting teams, but what does that look like? What do you send a new life church with and how do you plant well? Yeah, I got to be a part of launching Life Kids here in Colorado Springs just over three years ago, and it's a total adventure. It's unlike anything I've ever been a part of before, and there are so many moving parts and um, and things that you need to consider when launching a kids' ministry. Um and it's a special opportunity to grow the thing that you want to grow. Every community is unique. Um, every demographic, every people group that you serve is just so different. And so being a part of launching a kids ministry is so exciting because um, I got to build life kids here in Colorado Springs from the ground up. And so um, it's it's just an honor to be a part of that. But really, I think the thing that makes launching a kids ministry so successful is just 
being a part of the mission and, and building that ministry under the umbrella of your mission. And so what mm-hmm. I say to people, um, whether you're stepping into a kids ministry role in an already existing church, or if you're a portable church is what we call it, that set up and tear down church. That's how our campus started was portable. Um, so whether you're stepping in or, or building something new, you have to have a mission and let every mm-hmm decision that you make, every program that you run, every lesson that you do fall under that mission. And so Justin mentioned earlier that our mission as a church is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And it's a simple mission, but it's a powerful mission. And in Life Kids specifically, we add three words to that on the front end, and it's to partner with parents to lead mm-hmm. kids to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so when it comes to building that kids ministry, there are really three people groups that you want to serve. And it's your volunteer leaders, your parents, and your kids. And so when it comes to volunteer leaders, you have the responsibility of teaching them the mission that you're working toward and and instilling that culture within them um, because these are the people that are going to battle with you in this ministry. These are the people that you're wanting to equip to, to run alongside you and, and to push the mission forward. And so you are the holder of your culture, the culture of that ministry that you're building, and you have the responsibility to teach that to your people. And if your volunteer leaders have clear expectations and are inspired by your mission, they'll stick with you and and they'll Mm -hmm. go to battle with you. And so um, that, that leadership team that you have is so important in creating a successful ministry. But then for parents as well, you want your parents to feel comfortable uh, leading their kids throughout the week. Our kids leaders, we have such um, an important influence on these kids and on their spiritual journey. But we know that their parents are the most important piece of a kid's spiritual development. So we want to make sure that our parents are really well equipped and have the resources that they need and, and the language and the tools that they need to lead their kids well throughout the week. And then that last group, that third audience that you have is, of course, your kids. You want your kids to love your kids' ministry. You want them to have fun, um, but ultimately you want them to engage in what you're teaching them. And you want them to experience the love of Jesus every single week. And so um, I think just keeping those three groups in mind, those leaders, parents, and kids, um, having that focus is going to help you to build a successful kids' ministry. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's get down into some practical things. So Justin, coming from like a central point of view, do you send kids ministry with like, here's what chairs to buy? Here's what shirts to order. What are some of those practical things that you help these church plants start off with? Yeah, it's interesting. We've seen it adapt over the years. And when I first came on the team, uh, there was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and what had happened when you have a lot of stuff, uh, it got expensive, uh, it got hard to manage and it kind of took away from what Delaney just talked about, you know, which is extremely important. And so over time we were able to simplify the process. And I know 
Man, I love talking about uh, capital C church mindset. I love talking about resources. So what I'm about to tell you, you can probably find, not probably, you can find all this stuff on open.life.church. So if you're okay, Lauren, if yep. I can plug this thing, I'm plugging it. Open. Oh yeah, plug it. Yep, 100% free. When I say 100% free, the only thing it costs is your name and your email. That's it. And yep. that's just because we want to know who's using this stuff. That's all. And we can better partner with you. But anyways, I, I digress. All right, open.life.church has all these amazing resources. And so the things that Delaney is talking about, we actually give that to our team. Like we give you the toys, you know, we give you um, the curriculum, we give you the the, the the curriculum to print out, we give you mm-hmm. uh, the like the sign-in sheets, we give you, you know, just all the little things that you need. Uh, but what's really interesting is I would encourage as you're launching a, a, a church, like in a portable scenario, or or maybe you've taken over for someone, a previous leadership, whatever, I would encourage you to simplify as much as you possibly can. Uh, so for us, if you actually go into our spaces, there's not a lot of toys. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of uh, air quotes stuff happening. You know, uh, we keep the main thing, the main thing. And as engaging kids with the toys that we do have, uh, just for instance, to kind of a little pro tip, um, what, one of the most expensive things that can be in a kid's ministry is not just the toys. It's the batteries inside the toys, because we oh. know those, those batteries will cost you $50. I'm like, what in the world over a six month period, I spent more on batteries than I did the toy. So yep. what do we eliminate batteries? All of our toys don't require batteries. So if you're out there in a podcast and you're listening and you've got battery-operated toys, go ahead and donate that to a local <laughs> uh, a daycare or something like that and bless them. Um, and so um, and so all that to say is we provide them with the resources that they need. But one thing that Delaney uh, didn't really talk about a little bit, it's like whenever you're launching, she got the same resources, but... When she was at Delaney, I apologize. Were you at East Wichita? Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah. You were at East Wichita campus, and that is a full-blown building, eight, nine, ten different rooms, has all the different things. Whenever she launched Colorado Springs, she had four rooms or maybe five rooms. It didn't have all the same things. When I say all the things, there might be a moon bounce, you know, in mm-hmm. our four-year-old room. Well, she wouldn't get a moon bounce, but she'd get an equivalent engaging toy inside that room. And so okay. all I have to say is like, whenever you're launching, don't launch with every little thing that you need, but launch appropriately sized and expand into what you need. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it and you go, okay, I need to have a two-year-old room, a three-year-old room, a four-year-old room, a five-year-old room, and a six-year-old room, but I only have seven kids total that's not going to make sense because if you're think about it, if you put two people in a room, like two kids, let's say two four-year-olds in a room and they have two leaders, those two four-year-olds probably won't have the most fun time because there's just two four-year-olds in there. So why don't you use two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and five-year-olds? Now you got 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Now it's a party. Mm-hmm. Now we're having some fun. But that's where we are right now. But you may have the heart to expand. Then I can go, okay, I'm going to put my two and three-year-olds together. Then I can put my four and five-year-olds together. Oh, I'm expanding again. And then you continue to expand. So I would encourage you in what I love about what Life Church is, and this is something I've been, I've been really wanting to make sure is important, that any church, you don't need a lot of money to launch, and you don't need a lot of money to be successful. Um, 
whatever God has given you, the resources you have, you can make that experience the very best it can be by the leaders that are in the room because you can have the most beautiful space and everything, but if you don't have the right leaders or not engaged leaders, that's where it's going to miss. Uh, you're you're going to miss the mark. So does that answer your question, Lauren? Or yeah. should, I, should I expand anywhere for you? No, that's super great. Because then I'm going to ask another follow-up question that is more so geared towards those three people groups that Delaney talked to us about. So volunteers, parents, kids, as you were building your volunteer teams and even your team of parents, what would be things that you would encourage church planters or even kids ministry leaders in a small church environment to say, don't miss this when it comes to building volunteer teams? I know a lot of churches struggle with all I have are parents at my church. I don't have a lot of single people or young married or students who want to serve. And so there's a lot of that balance of equipping parents, but also building volunteer teams. So what would be your don't miss this moment or word of advice when recruiting volunteers and equipping parents who are new? I'll yeah. go first real quick, then Delaney, I, if you're okay, I want you to, because Delaney's going to give a lot of good practical tips to help yep. you. Uh, but I just want to say is don't, the one thing I wouldn't miss is taking the time to sit down to get to know them. That's the one thing that I don't just hurry someone in to uh, put a bandaid on a leaky bucket, you know, mm. uh, but just, man, get to, get to know them, sit down. What's your story? Uh, tell me about your past. I mean, you know, just getting to know them because then you can strategically place them in the best spot so that you're not just putting them where the need is Yeah. because the worst thing that we can do is a uh, pull what we want from them, but we want to get what, what we want for you as a leader. We want you to be here from five years, we want to be in 10 years. So that's just a little high level thought process. I know Delaney would echo that a hundred percent. Uh, but I know Delaney is going to come with some really practical tips as well. Yeah, I would just say that the the greatest tool that you have to bring people onto your team to get them in the right role within your team is to inspire them with your mission. Um, if you have a, a clear direction, a clear mission um, that you're working toward, people want to follow that and people want mm-hmm. to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think too, if you're able to identify gifts in somebody, spiritual gifts that God has given people and call those things out of them, they will see that there is a spot for them on your team. And so like Justin said, it's so important to get to know the people in your church and in your community and get to know what they bring to the table. And sometimes you just got to call it out of them. Um, the reason that I got started serving in Life Kids or, or came on staff here at Life Church is because somebody else saw the leadership in me that I didn't see in myself. And somebody said to me, like, hey, I think you should look into this other opportunity. And I said, okay, I guess I will. And that's how I ended up on staff here at Life Church. And so you have the opportunity as a kids ministry leader to call the gifts out of somebody and call them into something higher um, mm-hmm. and, and to be a part of your kids ministry. But then I think once you've got those people 
on your team, the best way to retain them and to continue to pour into them is to just appreciate them for what they're doing. Serving in kids ministry is not easy and I'll be the first one to say it. And so these people that are serving on your team are giving of their time and of their resources and are sacrificing a lot to be on this team. And as much as you can appreciate them and even tailor that appreciation to the way that they receive appreciation is going to be great. And so we do um, in our onboarding process, as we're bringing people onto the team, I ask them what their love languages are because I want to know how they receive love and how I can best appreciate them specific to how they receive appreciation. And so I think calling gifts out of those people in your church community, but then also appreciating them well is the best way to get and retain those volunteer leaders. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think, I'll, I think I'll add to that also. It's like, what you talked about Delaney at the end, that specific, I think a big deal is like, Hey, Delaney, you did a great job. I saw you do this thing. And I love that you did like, then you're like, okay, you, you saw me, you actually heard me and paid attention. Um, I know sometimes uh, approaching people in the lobby can be a little bit of challenge and nerve wracking. Cause you're like, I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> uh, so we've actually, it's somewhere, I don't know. no, there's there's no new idea. I feel like we're always just kind of changing ideas, but uh, there, a tool that we use to help give some confidence to young leaders inside of this avenue uh, is using a thing that we call form. We It's someone else. I don't know who started it, but it's form. Uh, and it's a real easy step that you can use to help you broach a conversation with someone. And the F stands for family. So ask about their family. You know, may it be like their spouse or whatever, or if, if maybe uh, there are new college students like, hey, where are you from? You know, so you can use family or from, you know, either way. Uh, the second part is occupation. Uh, so that's the O. It's like, what do you do? Like, what's your nine to five? Uh, and what's interesting is that will really tell you a lot on how they get excited um, I actually had a conversation with a leader in uh, our Hendersonville campus in Tennessee, and she is like the number two sales rep for like within, within her company. So she loves talking to people. She loves making deals and selling stuff. And I'm like, perfect, you know? And so it's just an easy way to, okay, I can connect. She likes to talk to people, you know, or she likes to help people find their fit, you know? Uh, and then R is recreation. Uh, what do you do for fun? And then the M is really come uh, back around to method of follow up. Hey, man, it's been great meeting you. Get, I'd love it. Can I get your number? Can I text mm-hmm. you later on? Or, hey, I really enjoyed this conversation. I want to hear more about this disc golf sport that you're talking about. You know, can we go grab coffee together or your occupation? That is really intriguing. I've never really met. I've never really met, you know, whatever. It's like, hey, can we meet? So it gives them a chance to get to break that ice and talk to them. And then that you can follow up. So you don't have a 30-minute lobby conversation, but you can do a five-minute lobby conversation, which sets you up for a great conversation during the week. And so that's a tool that we've used, and it's been really helpful to people to get some confidence in the conversations. So, And it doesn't necessarily push them to serving, just gets to know them. Mm-hmm. Because that conversation six months later could be serving, but their next step may not be serving, but I just want you to come back to church next week. That's your next step. Like. We'll talk about other stuff, but I know you don't like church. You've had a tough time. Just come back two weeks, you know, and we'll figure things out from there. So play the slow game. Yeah, I love that. I can't tell you how many times 
in like our season of church planting, just having one conversation with somebody in the hallway and they're new and they come back and they say, Hey, Lauren actually talked to me last Sunday. Like she's, she wanted to know who I was, didn't try and convince me to go to some event or serve in her classroom. Like she just wanted to know who I was and that mattered to me. And so they're back and then they get more plugged in and then they get hopefully Lord willing, like transformed by the gospel. Cause that's what we want. And I love your encouragement to leaders of putting volunteers in the right spot, not just doing like a blanket. We need volunteers come and serve in a classroom, but really that, that extra step in that intentionality to say, okay, no, let me figure out where you're gifted in and let me find a spot for you where I think you will thrive the most. I think that is so key to retaining volunteers and for them to love to serve and for you as a leader to love to have them. And so I think that's so encouraging when it comes to building teams and just interacting with your volunteers and your leaders. So my next question is, as you guys have all of these campuses across all of these states, how do you tailor to the environment that you're planting in? So obviously Delaney is in Colorado. Justin, you're in Oklahoma City. You've got churches in Texas and they all look different. All of those communities yeah. look and feel different. So what does it look like for you to say, okay, Delaney, maybe you in Colorado need to have this conversation with your parents or your volunteers, or maybe what's happening in Texas. Yeah. I know they just had like another major freeze. We lived in Texas when there was a major freeze. And so, okay, we're going to roll out care teams and support teams to equip families that are navigating natural disasters. What does that look like to tailor to your communities? Yeah, I think it's really important to know the culture in the city that you're in. So for example, um, I've been at a few Life Church locations. I'm from Kansas City and got to be in Wichita, Kansas, and now I'm here in Colorado Springs. But in Kansas City, there's a really big football culture. So as we're launching other services, um, we're not going to have a service past like a Sunday afternoon because mm-hmm. football happens on Sunday evening. And so we know that in that Kansas City area, that football is a part of people's rhythm. And so we're going to launch services on a Saturday evening as opposed to a Sunday evening. And so here in Colorado Springs, our people are early risers and they're healthy. So the snacks and the hospitality that we provide they're not donuts and cupcakes. We're providing like apples and and healthy snacks and granola bars, you know? So it's just different um, across different communities. So I would say, get to know your community and your demographic and the culture there and make decisions based on that. And again, stick to your mission. Don't Mm -hmm. let those decisions that you make veer away from the mission that you've established for your church or your ministry, but allow that community culture to play into some of those decisions that you're making. Yeah. So it's a unique thing about Life Church. And if you're unfamiliar with Life Church, we're one location or one church in 45 different locations. So we've got our senior pastor, Craig Rochelle. He's our senior leadership, uh, but he's also trusted 
45 different campus pastors, 45 different kids pastors, you know? And so in Life Church, and let's just speak specifically for Life Kids, we have some things that we like to call non-negotiables, like mm-hmm. our curriculum. Everyone has to use the same curriculum, okay? Our onboarding process, background check screening, that's consistent all the time. Um, another thing that's consistent is, for instance, is before the service starts, you have to ha- you need to have a huddle, you know, like a little three minute rally or a five minute rally timeout. If you don't have that, do that. It's mm-hmm. so, so yes. important uh, to be able to have a moment with your whole team to go face to face. Here's where we're going. You know, I believe in you because Delaney only gets approximately three, six, nine, 15 minutes a whole month, you know, which is those three to five minutes uh, with her whole team face to face. So anyways, so the re- a thing is like, okay, so curriculum, background checks, you know, the screening processes, you know, orientations, huddles are important, but here's where the, here's where the shift happens. Uh, where kind of goes back to what your question is, Lauren, is, Delaney needs to do a huddle, but I'm not telling Delaney what to do on her huddle. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting that she knows her team well enough to know this is what's really, really important. And so she may be talking about hypothetically uh, consistency is so important because here's what happens with consistency. But in Keller, Texas, you know, they may be talking a little bit about uh, growing the church and we got to invite more people, you know, you are great, consistent, but we got to build this church more, you know? And so, so there's some of those things. And so whenever something happens like, you know, a freeze or a natural disaster or, or, or maybe something really tragic in a community, we've, we've, we've unfortunately had it at some of our locations and this is, I mean, everyone has dealt with some trauma, but, you know, we had one of our locations where they had a, a string of suicides in a local mm. school and it was just heartbreaking, and inside of that, that team knew exactly what they needed to be doing. And they were in the schools all week long, you know? And so it kind of goes what Delaney was saying, you know? So it's like, it's like, oh yeah, if your community needs that, you do that. And so, yes, there are some things that we do in kids ministry as a church that we're all consistent on, like our mission, our values, all those things are consistent. But uh, how we get there, there may be some uh diversity in how we uh, accomplish that. But that's the thing that you go back to is even from launching a campus, being a part of your church, you've got to be very clear on what your values are and don't have a thousand values, have a handful, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, what's the most important thing that you need to be focusing on. And so that's kind of just my thoughts around how do we bring that consistency and and what we do to help bring that consistency is we just recently we do it once a month we we have a life kids call where our whole team comes together our staff and we we rally the troops and celebrate stories and people get to share ideas and we talk and uh, gives me a chance to share a vision of where we're going or whatever that may be and so I think that's important uh Delaney has that with her coaches her highest level leaders that are non-paid underneath her uh, coaches, she's in, she's investing them in a timely manner. So no matter what, the question kind of goes back to if you're uh, maybe a church launch and you've got 30 people that you lead, I would challenge you and encourage you. It's like, 
there's you, and then there's your 30 leaders. Do you have one to two people that you're really, really investing in? Lauren, I'm going off a complete different tangent here. No, you're okay. Uh, <laughs> but do you do you have one or two people that you're investing in? Okay, so Lauren, if you, myself, or Delaney took off a weekend, who's that person who's replacing you for the weekend? If you can name that person immediately, that's the person you're investing a lot of your energy in. If you don't name that person you, or you hesitate, that needs to be high priority. Do mm-hmm. it within the next couple of days. Who's my person? And talk to them and meet with them and let them know that you're their person too. So that you're not just developing in them. And they're like, I don't know what you're doing. No, like we're meeting, we're talking. This is where I'm, I'm trying to take you somewhere. Uh, yeah. So anyways, I'll I'll stop and I'll let you kind of reset us here. <laughs> no, those are all really great things. And I love how uh, each church can look like its community. But there's the structure of Life Church with the mission being the same across the board and with, with those key things like onboarding and curriculum that if you go to another Life Church in a different state or even in the same state and you're like, oh, this curriculum is different, this onboarding process is different, then it would not be Life Church. It would be, it would look like a different church. And so I love that piece of that consistency across the campuses, but also there's room to know what your people need. And I think that's really fun. I'll share a quick story if you're okay with it. Uh, yep. We had one kid who was attending our, our UConn campus, which is in Southwest Oklahoma City metro area. And their family got uh, relocated to our Shawnee, Oklahoma campus, which is about 45 minutes east of Oklahoma City. So about an hour shift and that family changed campuses. And the kid, um, to say hesitant, that's probably a, a light way to say it. He was not happy about leaving his community, his friends, his church. He loves everything. And they attended this other location uh, for probably two months or so. And the kid just had the most challenging time ever. Um, long story short, mom and dad say, hey, let's go up there during the week. And I just want you to let's just go walk around. So he went in there and the kid did not realize because the spaces are the same but they just look different because of the building, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he was in his four or five-year-old mind, that's not the same as what I came from. And so he turned that corner uh, and saw the same graphics in the room, saw the same color palette, saw that same stuff. And uh, long story short, like he just, that weekend, he came to Life Kids and was excited because he knew like, that's my church. That's what mm-hmm. I'm a part of. And so that consistency uh, if you are a multi-site or you are uh, looking to go from uh, maybe one room to two rooms, providing consistency, like if you do small groups in five-year-olds, do small groups in first through third grade. Mm-hmm. If you do small groups in first through third grade, do it fourth through sixth grade. You know, So the consistency is not just paint on the wall, but making sure you have consistency uh, even in how you're teaching and leading on those big, 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 uh, big things that you're most passionate about. Like small groups is something that we're passionate about. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Really, really fast. Cause I have another question to ask you. I would love to know what this looks like. The consistency across campuses. What does this look like for big events? Yeah, we do all of the same events across all of our different locations. Um, but the approach to those things can differ a little bit. So 
we just had an event um, a few weekends ago during the Super Bowl weekend that we call 32nd Theology, where our senior pastor, Craig Groeschel, will use commercials to illustrate biblical truths. So if you've heard of um, an event called At the Movies, it's very similar mm-hmm. to this. It's a fun weekend to be inviting people to church who wouldn't normally come to church. And so we decorate our lobbies to look like a tailgate scene, and we just make it a fun interaction environment. And so we do that at all 45 of our locations. Um, But the things that we do are a little bit different. So whether you provide different snacks and hospitality on that weekend or different games in the lobby or different photo ops so that people can take pictures and post on social media, the the approach is a little bit different, but um, the overall goal stays the same. Mm -hmm. And so for our kids ministry and creating a fun environment, there are some campuses that will do like a scavenger hunt throughout the lobby or others that will do like interactive games um, in that space. And so um, the approach may differ. The mission, as we've said multiple times, remains the same. So it's all about the mission, the mission, the mission, but the approach can be different. Yeah, that's great. I think the one thing I'd add inside of that is, uh, you know, maybe right around Christmas time, um, people are wanting to be able to serve as a Mm -hmm. family, you know? And so some vision I gave is uh, Life Kids pastors, make sure you're talking to your life groups and life missions pastors on finding opportunities for kids to be able to contribute into the community. That's the vision, as simple as that, you know, because Delaney, as she is leading Colorado Springs or maybe Stephanie, who's leading our Keller, Texas location or Nathan Pratt, who's leading our Springfield, Missouri location. There's a lot of things happening and that collective vision together helps them go, hold on. okay, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and so Delaney may do something week or two before Christmas and it might be more we're all going to go to this particular food pantry and help support. But Nathan at Springfield may go, Hey, our Christmas, I think we've already got some good things going on. Maybe early. We're actually doing a little uh, promotional push inside of our uh, life kids lobby to help engage kids and parents in that way. So even inside of that, it's kind of providing that direction on, Hey, don't forget, this is something that we can be doing and, or, Hey, this is something we need to be doing, whatever it may be. And they get the autonomy to, do what they're called to do uh, and because they're like Delaney's called to be the kids pastor of Colorado Springs. So I need to trust the Holy Spirit that God's given her the ability to lead that team the way they need to be led. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I hope as people are listening, they walk away with just know your mission. (laughs) So I feel like that is a thing that continues to come up and over and over again. And I feel like for churches, it's so easy to say, well, what are they doing over there? And what are they doing over there? And we need to do those things. And, but when you really focus on, okay, what is, what does God want this church and these leaders to do? I think that's really key in just leading and leading well. Um, So to take a little right turn, I would love to briefly talk about just the team dynamic. Um, I first season was on staff at a multi-site church and loved it loved having a team of people. And one thing we talk a lot about in kids ministry circle is 
just the reality that you are not alone. And sometimes as a church plant kids ministry leader or churches that only have one staff role available for kids ministry, it can feel really isolating. And I would love to know from your perspective, what is your favorite thing about being on a team as big as the life uh, kids team? Yeah, Lauren, you said it. Um, sometimes leading kids ministry can feel isolating and there um, is, is a gift that we have in this multi-site model um, that I have 44 other people that are doing the same thing as me. Um, but even sometimes I can get caught up with those 44 extra people. I can get caught up in trying to do things on my own. So I have to be really intentional in reaching out and brainstorming and collaborating with these other people. Um, because there is somebody at a different location that's doing the thing that I want to do really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so we do have, um, an environment where we get to collaborate and share ideas and the environment that our central ministry leaders have created for us is, um, is that collaborative environment. And so it feels really comfortable to me to go ask somebody that I might not know super well across our 44 locations, um, to, to help me with something because we've created that culture of, Hey, we're here to support each other and we contribute to each other's ministries. But if you are not a part of a multi-site church or um, don't have connections with other churches in your area that you feel like you can collaborate with, I would say, go do that, go mm -hmm. find somebody that you can share that with um, and, and create that relationship with, because you shouldn't have to do this alone. And so if you have um, one, one thing that you can walk away with is, of course, mission. We've talked about it over and over, but make sure that you have somebody that you can do this ministry with, whether it's a high capacity volunteer and leader or even somebody else that's on your church staff that's maybe not in kids ministry, but leads another ministry within your church. Um, create that relationship where you can collaborate and bounce ideas off of each other um, because different perspectives and different ways of doing things are just going to strengthen your ministry. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll say this just briefly here is like, even though you may be in multi-site, uh, you can still be isolated. You can For sure. just, just because you're multi-site, that doesn't mean it's automatically going to have that collaboration just because collaboration can be happening around you. It still takes you to reach out, to go, Hey, I need some help, you know, or uh, I need, I would love to talk to someone and maybe you're just, you're new to your church and maybe there's an established team around you, man, ask the people around you, say, who do you collaborate with? What are some local, do you have, do you have any relationship with local churches? Because if you're senior leader, maybe have a great relationship with two or three churches, that's a great start because now you've already got that relationship bridged. And just think about it. If you're sitting in a position you're sitting in right now, and someone texted you and called you and goes, hey, my name is Justin. I'm from the church down the street. You want to get together, get coffee? Every time you're going to say yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, you would do that and someone else is going to do that for you. So don't be shy. Be bold. Just step up and go, hey, let that get some ideas. And then, of course, there's different Facebook groups and there's other ways to have that community on social media. Uh, and so, and yeah, so that's just a... Just an additional thought I'd add. Yeah, that's a great word for maybe someone who is in a new role, but especially in a new environment to, to reach out to another kids pastor in the area and say, hey, can you just help me learn 
the culture of this city and this neighborhood and all of those things. So that's just, I feel like that's just a really sweet word of encouragement to like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to reach out. It's okay. Like I'm sure Delaney, you have great relationships with some other kids pastors and then maybe, maybe there's kids pastors that you don't know very well. And it, it takes vulnerability to build relationships and build friendships. And so I love that a whole lot. So our last question we always ask is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Yeah, what we get to do in leading kids and um, helping them build their foundation of faith is so, so, so special. And there's a lot of giving and sacrificing that happens in the role that God has called us to be in. But my word of encouragement to anybody leading in kids ministry would be to let your spiritual intensity be top priority. Mm. You cannot pour out of an empty cup and um, your ministry will suffer if you are not spiritually intense. So make sure that you are spending the time with the Lord that you need to in order to invest in your ministry in the way that it deserves. That's so good. Yeah, I would echo that. Like, you know, you got to start with the spiritual first. Uh, So just for the sake of not repeating what Delaney (laughs) said, uh, ministry is hard uh, alone. Uh, Ministry is hard. Ministry hard alone is even harder. So make sure you have people around you. Uh, Even I, you know, me, I have about four or five guys that I'm on a text thread with, you know, and that makes it easier because then we can all kind of spur each other on and encourage each other. Um, But I think you talked about it, Lauren. It's like, it's, it's okay to be vulnerable, open up, and it's not going out and just, you know, I don't want to say it's like, but it, I think the thing for me is like, just be vulnerable enough to just take that first step and go, Hey, I'd love to meet. I just want to get to know about the community. I'm new to kids ministry. I have a couple of questions or, and keep that not just with the other kids pastors, but even with your own team mm-hmm. that you serve well with uh, like your, your peers. I think that's important as well. Yeah. Those are so great. Okay. So you've mentioned it already, Justin, but if people are wanting to learn more about life church, maybe find your incredible array of free resources. I'm going to link the open.life.church in the show notes. Is there anything else, anything you want to share about the, your resources, your curriculum, anything you're excited about these days? What's, what's new in the world of life church resources? I'm telling you right now, it's literally open.life.church is my favorite thing uh, because it's not just the curriculum is free. It's all the printouts are free. And we we point you to like what games we play. We point you to what toys we buy. We All the graphics are free, all those different things. And another one, if you want to go to just a, it's got a little bit of a, a couple different resources on there, but leaders.life.church. Uh, that is actually a resource that we push out to all of our leaders that are volunteering each every week. But what's neat about that, when it points them to like what we're teaching this particular week, but what I like about it, it gives like uh, leader resources, like how do you manage a small group well? It talks about how to redirect kids who are misbehaving, you know, or what is evangelism and how do we teach that to kids? Like little three to five minute videos. Mm-hmm just so many great tools inside of that. So that's the 
that's the two big ones that I love that anyone can use at any time. And I'll say this about Open real quick, Lauren. It's not just Life Church. There's so many other churches that also contribute that have that same heart of generosity. So if you're like, I don't like Life Church curriculum, okay. There's a lot of other great curriculum that's in there also that's equally as free. There's no no paying for anything. So it's not just Life Church. There's multiple ones in there as well. So go check that's it awesome. out. Yeah. That's so great. Uh, I Okay, so I'm going to link both of those in the show notes. And I did not know that there were other, I thought it was all Life Church stuff. And now I'm going to go and do some research because I didn't know it was other churches contributing. So that's so fun to know. So leaders.lifechurch, open.life.church. And then I am going to try and find that form information because I think that's really helpful for leaders and volunteers and really just anybody who is recruiting, trying to retain, or just someone who wants to spark up a conversation with someone new at church on Sunday. So I'm going to try and find some of that information and link that in the show notes as well. Yeah, it came from somewhere. I don't know, family, occupation, recreation, method of yep. follow-up. That's that's what we use. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm going to find it. Well, yeah, thanks will. you guys so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I think There were so many nuggets of wisdom spoken, and I hope that people feel encouraged and just more equipped to lead in their areas and to never forget the mission of their church. That's right. (laughs) Thank Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thanks so much. Friends, that conversation was so good. I hope you were able to pause as you listen to take notes. Planting a church and building teams are hard work. And this was so encouraging to remember that as leaders, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and our mission and vision as a church. Don't forget to head over to the show notes to find links to learn more about Life Church and Life Kids curriculum and leader resources that they have available for free for churches to learn from and utilize in their own ministry. If you love this conversation, don't forget to share it with a friend in ministry and leave us a rating and review so that other leaders can find our podcast. If you would like to keep the conversation going, you can head over to Kids Ministry Circle over on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.